it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just head over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters and much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at staycozyclothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hey guys, this is John Karabi from pretty much every band but ABBA. And you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Turn it up. Well, blow dry my hair. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. It's because I fucked it as well. Okay. I meant to say your, not my. Okay. Oh, God. <clears throat> well, blow dry your hair with my ass, boys. Welcome to hashtag WBW. Way back Wednesday. And these are the Chronicles. Of AC Slade. Why AC this week, Jamie? Why AC this week? Well, Friday we bring you son of motorhead legend Phil Campbell. Phil Campbell is a legend. Do you know who else is a legend in the world of rock? Jonah Jett. And today's guest has performed with Jonah Jett. He's performed with Wednesday 13 in the Murder Dolls. He's performed with the Misfits. He's even had his own bands like Trashlight Vision and AC Slade and the Dark Party. You guessed it by that last one. It's fucking AC Slade. Yes. This one was a big one for Jamie. As oh, you can yeah. tell by the way he just reacted and almost shit himself. Um, AC was it, was, it was funny because you were like, uh, uh, I just remember how excited you were. I was just like, for this. we always get people that you like, so I want people too. <laughs> it's pretty much how the conversation went down. Pretty and AC good. was kind enough to be like, of course I'll fucking come on your show oh. with you two absolute bastards. 
this was momentous for me. Anyone that knows me when I was like 16 years old, and that first Murder Dolls came out, album came out. Yeah, I was one. I was one of the weird goth kids. I had red fishnets on my arms. I had the black shirt, a PVC tie, looking like a bit of a weirdo. Now that I look back on it, but I don't care because it was awesome in the day. I absolutely. Ah, oh, Murder Dolls were they were my jam, baby, as the kids say. Love that album. I never really got into them. They were never really just just looking at them. I was a bit like mm, probably a bit too heavy for me. But then again, I like Slipknot, so you know maybe I'm a bit of a wanker. But anyway. <laughs> He also has his own coffee company called Cat Fat Coffee. Get your fucking hands on that bad boy. Trust me. Get your hands on it right now. Go and buy some right now. Go. Go on. And while, you, while you're purchasing some Cat Fat Coffee, uh, Jamie, who sang White Wedding? Murder Dolls or Billy Idol originally. Yeah, not Billy Joel, was it? Not Billy Joel, no. It wasn't the piano, man. Fuck's sake. I forgot about that. It was one of those moments <laughs> where in my head I was going, it's Billy Idol. It's definitely Billy Idol. So when Billy Joel sang White Wedding and he went, what? <laughs> was one of the worst moments of my life. Literally sat there like, can the world just swallow me whole right now? I can't believe I knew who it was and still said the wrong name. Twat. <laughs> no, this is amazing. Like I said, dream come true for me to be able to speak to AC. I, I love this conversation so much. And I, I really think you lot are going to enjoy it if you haven't heard it before. I absolutely agree. Big for big Murder Dolls fans. You know, we've had the Bloodstock Festival episode out this last week. We've got Dane Campbell out this Friday. You're going to absolutely love it. Well, it's looking like a bit of a metal fest at the moment. We are in a little mini metal festival. Absolutely aren't we? wonderful. It. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any of those words that are finale, perchance? Just massive thank you to AC. It'd be great to have you back on again one day. Everyone, check out this interview. Check out Catfight Coffee. Go listen to the man's extensive back catalogue. I can't believe when I was listening to those bands I missed off. Dope. One of the greatest new metal bands as well. What a plonker. Go listen he's, to them too. He's done so much. To, AC, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit and chat to us. We really, really appreciated it and thoroughly enjoyed it. Like Jamie said, hopefully one day we can have you back, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Chronicles. Of AC Slade. Hey guys. Hey. What's up, everybody? Hey AC, you're right, dude. How you doing? Yeah, so sorry about earlier. <laughs> All good. Yeah. I was Adam. I knew I'd worked out the times right. And then yeah, bloody daylight savings. Why is it still a thing? I don't know. Makes no sense. Oh, we want to be a bit brighter later. All right. <laughs> oh. I mean, I know originally it was for uh, for farmers or something, but apparently even farmers are kind of like, yeah, well, but like I think it was when, when kids were, were working on farms and now you have child labor laws, so they don't really do that. So I think even the farmers <laughs> were like, yeah, we don't really need to do this anymore, so... Yeah, it makes no sense. This, let's just throw the time back and forth every, like once a year for no reason whatsoever anymore, yeah, to be fair. Makes no sense. Totally. What a way to start a show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wonderful. But yeah, a massive thank you for doing this. This means a lot. Of course, man. Especially to me. Like I can see that Murder Doll CD behind you and it's just making me a little bit giddy. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> So what we normally do is I do a little intro, just welcome you to the show, and then we just throw a ton of questions at you. Cool, cool. Amazing. Um, 
Ladies and gents, we have a very special guest today, one that is very close and special to my heart. This man came into my life when I was just a young wee boy at about 16 years old. This man is a guitarist, a bass player, a vocalist, and not only is he a musician, he's also a coffee maker, and from what I hear, a dab at photography as well. Joining us today from Dope, Murder Dolls, AC Slade and the Dark Party, Jonah Jet and the Black Hearts, and so many more. He is the only man in history to have spat Pepto Bismol all over my head when I was a child. The one and only Mr. AC Slade. How <laughs> <laughs> about that? Yeah, that was. I'll never get over. It's just a memory that stuck with me forever. Was that was that with Murder Dolls or Trash Light Vision? Uh, Murder Dolls in Wolverhampton. Okay. All right. Well, okay. now I've switched it up and, ch and changed to uh, windshield wiper fluid. So, uh, so you got that to look of, look forward to. What you're gonna have to fill me in. I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> I just, you know, we. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've always had weird shit, weird props on stage, and for a while it was. Uh, I would take a gas tank, a pe a, a petro tank, you know, like a like a auxiliary one, an extra one, and. Uh, fill it with water because obviously I would buy it at, at, at AutoZone or whatever. And so no petrol had ever been put in it. So I would just fill it up with water and I would drink water out of that on stage. And then one time I went to AutoZone and they had the, the big jugs of windshield wiper fluid, which is about the same color as blue Gatorade. So I went back to the venue, opened, <laughs> poured out the, the, the wiper fluid, washed it out really good and then poured blue Gatorade in. That's amazing. And then he spat Pepsi Bismol all over Jamie. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he did a similar thing, just spat it all over the crowd and it got in my hair and everything. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I was like 16, I had no idea what Pepto Bismol was. Exactly. <laughs> Glorious. And here we go, boys, we're off. Um, AC Man, how has the last year been for you, dude? It's been hard. Um, you know, not, not, not as hard for me as perhaps it's been for other people, so... I don't really like to, to complain too much, but you know, um, the good thing is, is, is we got cat fight coffee my coffee company. We got that off the ground and up and running. Um, you know, I, I started doing a Patreon, which, um, I was never really too into before, but, mm. but now, now that I'm doing them, I love it. I really enjoy it. So, you know, the pluses out of it are, are that, that my, my, coffee company's doing great my wife and I love it and we have that and then uh and you know starting the patreon I can't wait to to do that um when when there's actually more things going on you know that's going to be a lot of fun so you know th those are the good points to it you know um I've been working on little things here or there but I don't know everybody had different experiences and honestly it hasn't been until the past probably month that that i realized how fucking depressed i was through this whole thing yeah you know? yeah bless you dude i'm so sorry to hear that it's fucking shit i mean i think because does the weather have a massive effect because obviously when the first lockdown happened i don't know what it was like in america but over here they the first lockdown was obviously when the sun was out everyone got in the gardens or got into parks and stuff and everyone could exercise and the, the sun just lifts moods no matter what but i think this time around it's been really shit because obviously the weather's been fucking terrible and it's been freezing cold. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 the, the, uh, the, um, 
you know, feeling the sun on your face and on your arms. And I mean, yeah, granted, I'm a, a vampire or whatever, but, <laughs> um, but still just being able to go out in the fresh air and, and experience the sun. And even if you're not standing directly in the sun, but being in a park, missing, I didn't realize how much I need that. Just mm. even if it's only like, you know, once every two weeks or just even that you forget, you take for granted the, the, the times where, um, yeah, I, th I think you just kind of take for granted the times that you're just like walking around, even at nighttime, let's just say, out in the fresh air is just, just like a whole year of like no fresh air, you know. It's been yeah. a fucking wonky ass year, dude. But uh, uh, what have you, did you like learn, other than your coffee company, obviously, did you do anything brand new yourself? Like did you learn a skill or learn a language in any way at all? No, dude, it was, it, it was all putting, putting the coffee company together and binge watching TV shows. I, I hate to admit it because I'm not even that kind of guy, you know, like I, I barely ever watch TV and I'm, a lot of times I'm very uh, uh, unaware of what's going on in pop culture. But um, yeah, I, 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 I binge watched Netflix and, and, uh, and buried my head in the company and, and that's about it, you know? And completed Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, basically. I feel like I did. I really feel like I did. So take us all the way back before you even picked up an instrument. Where did a love for this genre of music, rock and metal, come from for you? Oh, that's, uh, I, I mean, that's easy. That, that, that goes back to, I think there's two pivotal moments. Um, one was, you know, being a, a, a disconnected kind of kid. Uh, overweight, not feeling like I fit in like most kids and uh, seeing my sister and her friend holding a copy of Cheap Tricks, uh, Dream Police. My sister actually had a really good record collection. And, um, and I was, you know, just feeling bad about myself. And then hearing my sister and her friend talk about how cute the guys were. And my mom walked past and she said, uh, my mom goes, those guys aren't even very handsome. You just like them because they have long hair and they're in a band. And I was like, ah. <laughs> so, so there was that. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I was, I was in the church choir as a kid. I was in this church play and, um, and, and they had this play where they had like, like the, the, there's the, the stations of the cross and there's this one scene where they, they reenact the crucifixion. And they had like fake blood and stuff. And I, I was like, that's awesome. That's cool. And then I saw Alice Cooper uh, a couple weeks after that. And he had his guillotine and he had all that. And I was like, that's awesome too. And so <laughs> the theatrics have always played a, a big part in music to me. I, I've always, you know, if you want to get people's attention, I don't think you do it just by, by standing there sounding good. You've got to, you've got to present something for them to see as well. You don't, you don't, you don't go listen to a concert, you go see a concert. So, yeah. Couldn't agree further with that. My favorite band in the world is Kiss. So it says a lot from yeah. how much I agree with you with that one. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. That's amazing. So what was your first band? The earliest band I found of yours was Vampire Love Dolls, but was that your first band? Or was there like high school bands and stuff like that? Yeah, there was like high school bands, but nothing that really really did much but vampire love dolls was kind of like the first sort of real band 
And, uh, and that was with Christian Martucci, who's now in Stone Sour, uh, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. Damn. Yeah, not a lot of people do, but but he and I were 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 very good friends. And still are good friends, actually. Um, he and I were good friends back then, you know. So for I'm so proud so proud of him that 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 he's you know accomplished what he's accomplished, you know. Plays with Corey Taylor solo band now. And we actually worked on you can find it on on uh on iTunes and Spotify, but but I played on one of his songs on his uh the last solo EP he put out as well. So, oh, that's awesome! That's incredible. So, yeah. with Vampire Love Dolls, you were just a vocalist, weren't you? No. Um, what happened was Christian was the. Uh, they were a three piece. They needed another guitar player. I was a singer guitar player, and so I came in, and Christian and I shared uh, vocal duties, and then he ended up leaving uh, the band. And, and then I became the only singer. Ah, okay. But, 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 you know, in where, where I grew up in Pennsylvania and where the band was based, there wasn't a big music scene. So like when a bass player would leave or we'd fire a bass player, I'd start playing bass and singing. And then I'd switch back and forth to guitar or bass or, you know, whatever we needed to keep the band going, really. That's awesome. Awesome. What led you to guitar then? What made you go six strings? I think I'm going to fucking play that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to write songs that that was that was it more than more than seeing like you know uh Steve I or Joe Satriani or, or mm. one of these guys and and saying yeah I want to be the best guitar player in the world there that was never part of the agenda it was more that that I wanted to write songs no that's fair enough dude yeah um did you before music though did you have anything else in mind that you were going to do or has music always been the way you were going to go? Pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, as long as I can remember, uh, it was always music or I was in some plays as a kid. So theater type stuff, but yeah. That's awesome. And the fact you've stuck with it and done it and succeeded, that's, that's really fucking cool because not many people get to live out their childhood dream. Well, that, that, but, but that's why, you know, it's like you stick with it. It's, it's funny. I think that, uh, you know, people's perception of my career is very much like this, you know, that, yeah. that's not the truth, man. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I, I mean, yeah, like, like, yeah, I, I've played Madison square garden with the misfits, but you know, probably a year or two before that, I was playing Yardbirds and Grimsby, you know, so, <laughs> it, you know, and, and that's the truth, you know, I mean, and that's, but that's just it, man, you got to hang on, you know, you, it's like, like surfing, I guess, not that I've ever surfed, but it's like, got to keep waiting for the waves, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're a man of many, many, many bands, you know, Joan Jett, the Black Hearts, Vampire, Love Dolls, Murder Dolls, Dope. Uh, you even filled in for Amen for a tour in Japan as well. Yeah, and um, a US tour too. And so, sorry, and a US tour. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Like, so how come you've how come you've moved around from bands so much? Is just you've been poached by people? Or like, we need AC in here, or we need we need AC over here, and we want to play this over here now. Like, how's you that? Know, how'd that I'll be honest with you. I wish that 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 my career was the type of thing where I was in one band and just stayed uh, stayed with it. You know. But, you know, when, when I, 
started playing in the murder dolls. You have to remember one thing, I guess not a lot of people know when Joey, Joey had approached me about playing in the murder dolls for a long time while I was in dope and the timing just never worked out until the album was about to come out and until a tour was in place. Because before that, Slipknot was just such a massive band. It was like, well, yeah, I could fly to Iowa and do a show or two, but what's really the point of that? Yeah. Um, I was focused on on Dope because that was my band and we were writing songs for a second record and all that. And um, we put out the second record and it kind of bombed, uh, which isn't has nothing to do with the band. You know, that was just how it worked out. Um, and that's when Joey called me up and said, hey, you know, do you, do you want to do this Murder Dolls thing? All we're doing, and this is what not a lot of people know, but at that time it was, you know, we're going to do a three-week European UK tour. We're going to do a, a two-week US run and, and these shows in Japan. And then that's it. That was all that was planned. So I, ha- I, I wasn't planning on quitting Dope. Like it was like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And then, and then we'll, we'll see where we're at. And uh, that's not the way it worked out, man. It ended up blowing up over in the UK and in Europe and in Japan. The tour did so well that the demand was there. And so, so that pr- situation kind of, I didn't like quit one for the other. It's just one took a priority, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, and then by the time I got done, Dope had found somebody else. So, uh, so the amen thing just, just sort of fell into my lap. We had the same management and Rich Jones uh, ended up not, you know, doing, wanting to do the, 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 the tours that they had booked. So I got booked for that. And so, yeah, it's, you know, and even with Joan, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I would have been okay playing with Joan for, for the rest of my life, you know, but it didn't yeah. necessarily work out that way. I'd be okay playing with, you know, these guys forever, but we're doing five shows a year, you know? So it just kind of works out that way, you know? Just a man in demand. That's all you are, I say, a man yeah, in demand. Like I said, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd love, I, I would love it if one of these bands that, that, that I played in just stayed at a solid yeah. space and to be like, because trust me, I got to fucking figure out new songs all the time, <laughs> get new, old, new gear all the time and double and triple the stuff it's a luxury problem to have don't get me wrong but but still you know it's like sometimes when i look at guys that have one gig and they're one band and it's like you don't got to figure out a whole set list in two weeks you know yeah this back cat cat, ac i need to learn all of it what (laughs) you've got a week fuck (laughs) off (laughs) the same man i had um days like it was like And and Casey, you know, he's he's so out there. He was like, "We'll just <laughs> yeah. learn all of our songs in like four days." I was like, "I can't. You are out of your mind." So I called up I called up Piggy, and I'm like, "Dude, what are the songs you guys are actually playing? Like, like, let me know." That's, That's mental. It doesn't nice. surprise me at all, though, from what you hear about Casey Chaos. So it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so yeah. going back to Dope, he was you're saying the first, the second album wasn't a big but i remember the first album being huge yeah like it was really crazy how did that get picked up and go so like get so big off that first album was it a certain song or that's more people's perception so um you know we we were in a really great position where we had a very unique record deal where we were signed to 
uh, a joint venture deal, with, which never happens, um, but we did, which basically means that Interscope Records, who was part of Universal, and Sony, we were on, on Epic, and Sony had to match each other dollar for dollar. So the money that was, every time Interscope spent $10,000, Sony had to spend $10,000. So the promotion that was done on that record was like the equivalent to like a Mariah Carey record. Now, obviously, we didn't sell Mariah Carey type numbers, you know, which to me, like, like in hindsight, I'm like, the fuck are you guys thinking? Like, why, why would you spend that much money on a band that's single is called Everything Sucks? You know, <laughs> it's not called like, you know, Popsicles and Rainbows. But- <laughs> But that would have been a banger as well, though. Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> but what I love about the first album, and as I've got here, I need to ask this question. And this is doesn't this isn't a dig at all because it's a great song. Sure. The fuck the police cover. Why? It's such a random song to cover for a metal band. I'm so glad we don't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last the last tour we did, it was so funny. Edsel's like, like the set list doesn't change a ton through the years. But but that's what was like. He just like offhandedly was like, think about dropping fuck the police, and like everybody at the same time just went yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that? Well, I mean, you, you got to put it in in context though. So to be fair, um, you know, Dope wasn't a rap rock band. But, you know, we were signed to Flip Records, which was part of uh, the whole Limp Biscuit thing. Uh, Fred Durst was a part of that. And, um, and you do have to remember, too, that, that the band was started by Etzel and Simon, and they were, they were selling drugs to finance the band when the band started. So, Whoa. so the, the whole, um, which is exactly what the, the the gangster rap bands were doing back in the day. That's 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 how they financed their demos, selling drugs. So Dope was doing the exact same thing, and that was the reason for that cover. Was there was a bit of solidarity there, and also knowing that there were you know it was it, it might help us career wise a little bit. Although it got really weird because I remember. I forgot about this. We, we we did shows where police are like, you can't play that song tonight. Literally, they're like, you can't play that, that song tonight. And uh, it depended on how they 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 approached it with us. If if they kind of talked, just like, hey man, like we're cool with you guys. We're here to make sure nobody gets hurt. Can you please not play the song? We'd be like, all right, like I can I can get that. And then if if it was like. If, if they came in strong about it and throwing their dicks around, we're like, well, fuck you, we're playing it. <laughs> First and all night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on loop, on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> but talking of covers, just quickly, that White Wedding cover of Melodos is just incredible. Incredible. Oh. I love that. Billy, when uh, Billy Joel released it. Billy uh, Idol. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Billy Billy, I was going to say Billy Idol. Where's Billy Joel? Where's Billy Joel come from? Who's that? Piano man. <laughs> piano man, yeah. I was gonna say I, I doubt see, I doubted myself. That's what happened. I was gonna say Billy Idol. I was like, that's Billy Joel. That's Billy Idol. No, fuck it. I'm going with that one. <laughs> Bollocks got it wrong. Um no, well, seriously, though, when I was a child, my dad used to play that on repeat all the time. And I fucking love that song. And to hear it done like metal, oh, it was just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, I met I met Billy uh 
about two years ago. He he was at a show that 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 we were doing, and he was live streaming the show from side stage. And it was a show where all cell phones were banned, and we're playing. And I, and 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 I'm playing, and I look over, and I'm like, "The fuck is that guy live? He's not supposed to be doing that." You know, it's not my not my band, so I'm kind of like, "Well, whatever." But I'm like, "I'm not supposed to be doing that." So I go back and I tell one of the PAs, when one of the personal assistants, I'm like, hey, there's somebody over there live streaming. And like, dude, take a look. And I look and it's Billy Idol. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to call Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. So so after after the show, um, I, uh, I, I I spoke to him. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm like, I, I play in the Murder Dolls and we did that white, white wedding cover. He's like, oh, thanks, mate. And I'm like, yeah, I figure, you know, we probably paid for a couple tires on your Lamborghini. We probably didn't buy a brand new one. He's like, you might have even bought me all four, mate. <laughs> That's amazing. So you mentioned, like, you going into Murder Dolls, but you weren't with the band when they first started. Obviously, Trip was in the band. Well, but, oh. he, he, I got him into the band. Okay. Indirectly. So Bill, so what happened was jo- Joey originally uh, spoke to me about being in the band with with Dizzy Drastic when it was the the Rejects, mm. um, and uh, like I said, we were writing that second dope record, and I had a lot of songs on the album. Trip didn't, um, and Joey's like, "Hey, do you, do you want to, you know, be a part of this?" And I was like, "I I feel like it's in my best interest to stay where I'm at." To make sure that my songs get on the record, um, and Trip didn't really Trip doesn't isn't really a songwriter, so he didn't really have as much interest in it. So I was like, well, how about you guys, you know, sort of try okay. try and see it work. So yeah, that's re- so obviously they recorded the original. Wasn't it just Joey and Wednesday that recorded the original album? They did right. all of it together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I must have seen Murder Dolls like seven times, if not more. I, I've I've met you three times. Obviously, but I was a lot younger. You don't remember me, but so it, it felt like you put perfect fit in that band, and it was like so much fun. I was always gutted we never got a second album from that original lineup. What caused it to go away? Um, you know, I don't really know, but I mean, I do know that. That was right around the time I started working with Joan Jett. And so it, it really kind of worked out for me. Mm. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't know. I think that, I think, I mean, if I were to guess, and this is just me guessing, I think that, that Joey, you know, he wanted, I, I, and again, this is just my guess, but I think that he's, Joey saw Corey doing Stone Sour and being the focus of Stone Sour, even though it was called Stone Sour, it kind of could have just been called Corey Taylor for all intents and purposes. Um, and I think that, that Joey, I don't think that he thought that the Murder Dolls would become the band that it became. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we were a circus. It's like, it was you had huge. Ben Gray. Yeah, yeah. And, and but I mean, as far as the, the characters in the band, you know, you had Ben, who is like six foot six, you That's know, fucking anorexic and like just crazy looking and then you had eric who looked like nikki six and it, it became you know it became less about joey and more about the band um and and i think that he wanted to to simplify things and just make it 
his thing. Oh, okay. Because, like I say, it was a phenomenon. Like, you were so huge. That's why it always baffled me there was no second album. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, I'm actually working on a on a book right now that kind of uh, captures a lot of that. Mm. And so that that is the thing that I, that I feel like makes for a very interesting story. Um, you know, you're right. It was like the band wasn't supposed to happen. And then all of a sudden, in spite of itself, it happened. And it seemed like the dumber shit we did, the, the crazier things got, the more momentum the whole thing gained, you know? And uh, yeah, we, we never expected it to become as popular as it became. And in fact, at one point, even our label was like, yeah, we don't think this thing is really going to take off. There's not really a market for it. We're not going to really spend any money on it. And to Joey's credit, he threw, threw around his weight that he had from Slipknot and was like, no, like, like I want to do this. Like, let's make this happen. Let's, let, let's push this for a little bit. And it seemed like the more pushback Joey got, the more invested he became in it. And just with the, within the band, it was like the more pushback we got from people around us, the more we pushed even harder back. So it was always weird to me how like um, uh, members were in different bands because obviously back then I was quite young. So seeing Joey and Murder Dolls and like Corey and Stone Sarah, stuff like that. They're in. They're, they're slipping. How they managed to do that as well? Because I know, like the Blink Like Two Boys did it as well, where they split up and started doing other bands. I'm just going, what What is going on? I didn't. I thought that if you were in a band, that was it. You're either in that or you're in that one. It's like there was no. You couldn't do both, sort of thing. Sure. Just, just something I noticed. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying about the crazy days of the Murder Dolls. Like, didn't you get kicked off a tour by Maiden for being? Oh doing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remember that as we were talking then. Yeah, yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was a pretty crazy night. We we just it it it. I mean, yeah, I think that you know the thing that made that band unique. I don't know if we could do that type of band now. I mean, it was everything that a crazy, stupid rock and roll band is supposed to be. And I mean, I don't really. I feel kind of, maybe it's pretentious of me to say this, but I, I feel like those, we were the last of those types of bands in a way, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, we got, we got thrown off the Maiden tour, fights with Danny Filth and all, <laughs> yeah. all those things. I mean, he probably deserved it, let's be honest. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember hearing about it. Wasn't that like the Metal Hammer Awards or something? Yeah, yeah. I feel, yeah, I was at that event. I remember that. I remember hearing about that. That's amazing. That's so, insane. but before we come on to this, me and Tom were talking about stuff like, and we were talking about Dawson's Creek and the murder dolls were on that. We're like, how does that even happen? But I don't, you know, that, that's actually a really good question because um, we didn't really, that, that's usually something a band that has like some juice, if you know what I mean, like has, has something going on uh does and at the time that we did that we didn't have any um we didn't really have anything going on at the time so uh and our manager the only band that he managed was us so that's a good question i am not exactly sure how that that happened but it did you know yes it's it's like a it's a teenage heartthrob tv series what do we need we need the murder dolls guys what we need we need the murder (laughs) dolls to play (laughs) (laughs) And, and i mean we uh 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess it was the Halloween episode. Yeah. And I don't know. That, that, you're right, though. That's a good question. We shouldn't have been there. But that was, <laughs> that was we kind of had a knack for finding ourselves in places we weren't supposed to be. So. Still to this day, the only episode of Dawson's Creek I've ever watched. That's how big of a fan I was. I was like, <laughs> Murder Dolls on it? I'm going to watch that one. <laughs> so was it straight after Murder Dolls that Trash Light Vision happened? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That album is wonderful. It's so good. I was listening to it earlier. I haven't listened to it in years. And it's so good. So was there plans to do more than just that one album? Yeah, we... Uh, we it's such a bummer uh you know we we did everything that we did with that band uh we did ourselves everything was very diy and um the first record did okay um but the second record you know it was a really weird time in the music industry nobody knew what was happening as far as downloading and how how to make how how can how can this business make money and Mm. and i that in 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 the business sense of like a, a business has to have money in it it has to have gas in the tank i don't, I don't mean that like in a, a how can we afford our ferraris and shit like that it's more like <laughs> how, how can how can we fund touring how can we fund this you know there's talks of bands signing really bad deals back then which were called 360 deals where the record company put your record out but then they took your touring money and they took your publishing and they took your merchandising. They took everything at that time. And um, and and there was a lot of bands signing those deals. And we, uh, we, we did our first record. We were demoing our second record and one record company went out of business. That, so we were licensing the record in different territories, which was a strategy at the time. In hindsight, it probably wasn't the best idea, but it was it was a strategy that people were trying. So you would license the record to a record company in the US, one in Europe, one in Asia. That was the strategy that we had. But the problem with that was that when one record company went out of business, it then meant that we were a third short of what we needed to complete the goal of recording the record and everything. Mm. And the other thing too, man, we we worked, that band worked so hard. And and even the people that were, you know, working with us, like they 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 didn't really do as much for us as they could have. Like every time we went on tour, it was the day before we'd leave to go. It was a trip to the pawn shop to put stuff in the pawn shop so that we'd have money to finance the tour. And we get home and we go and get the stuff out of pawn shop, stuff like that. And we did that for three years. And, um, and so it was one of those things where the light at the end of the tunnel was going to be that second record. And when that light went out, everybody kind of scattered. Unfortunately, it was a shame because it's such a good album. Thank you, thank you. I, you know, it's funny because one of the ideas I, I, I kick around. I guess I'm at a place now where after after doing this for 20 years, I, I, I have a lot of assets, so to speak. And one of the, you know, it's like I kind of try to think about like, well, what do I want to do? Like, like what? I, I, I still write my own stuff kind of but you know there was supposed to be a second trash light vision record should i maybe like record that stuff or should i maybe record one of those records that's like a career spanning thing where it's a rework of everything maybe i should do an acoustic record i don't know like it 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 it, i I get a little overwhelmed sometimes with all the opportunities 
of things to do, you know. I imagine you're one of those people that's just got so many songs written, ready demos, just sat there, just waiting for something to do with them. Believe it or not, not not lately. Um, you know what I, I have a tendency to do? Like, like I, I yeah, I, I guess I guess I I put a lot to the side. You know what I mean? Like, you you always like to write more than you need. But the thing is, is that I never look back. So it's like, I, I'm not like going back and digging through old ideas. I've just constantly got new ones coming in. So I, I always feel like I don't have a surplus of ideas, but that's not the reality. You're right. I've, I've, I've always got a ton I could look back at, but I'm always more interested in creating from scratch. Yeah, I was going to say, did you go back to them and go, oh, that shit now? Nope, nope, don't like that anymore. You know, I should change that. I'll change this around. There's all that sort of thing. Yeah, everything I go back and re-listen to, I hate, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, how fun or not fun are music videos to make? Did you enjoy them or you're not a fan? Music videos? Yeah. Yeah, the only one that, that, that I've done that was fun was the White Wedding one. It's, Which is a glorious video. video. Yeah, it's a great video. I, 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 I use that out of all the, the, the processes uh, in music. That one I like the least because it's like, you got to put for like 30 seconds, you got to put on like you're putting on a show and you got to give it your all. And then all of a sudden for some reason, unbeknownst to yourself, they go, okay, cut. And nobody claps and nobody says anything. <laughs> like, well, what is that all about? And they're like, well, we got enough for that, for that shot. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> so, it's not, so it's not until, it's not until you see the final product that you're like, ah, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. I can imagine that's quite weird, actually. But just like you, you know, you're so used to playing in front of like people and stuff, and then you're like, you know, done, and just nothing. Yes, that's, it's so surreal. <laughs> and it's it's really really long days because they they pack as much into one location and one day as they can. So yeah, that's my my least that's my least favorite part to be in the process of. Mm. But I still love seeing them in the end, you know. Mm. That's mental for something that's three or four minutes long every time. It's just crazy thing that takes like a day or two or even longer than that. Yeah. But it's awesome how um how inexpensive they, they've become. Like that's really the, the cool part. I mean, I think when we did that dope everything sucks video, I think that the budget for that was like two hundred thousand dollars or something. And then I think White Wedding was like, I don't know, thirty or forty thousand dollars, maybe. I might be wrong about that, but but that's what videos cost back. Like, like a thirty thousand dollar video back then was like a cheap video. That's mental. That is know, mental. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My God. So it's like you were saying earlier. It's crazy. You're saying you, you know, your career's gone up and down, but you've constantly been busy. Yeah. Which is awesome. And obviously, you've released more solo music as well with um, the Dark Pie. Which again, mm. I was listening to earlier. I haven't listened to that in quite some time. I absolutely love "She Brings Down the Moon." It's such a good song. So, it's a very different sound, though, to other stuff you've done. What was it? You was this like your experimental album? You wanted to try something new? Yeah, totally. Um, I I actually had started working on that uh, at the tail end of of Trashlight Vision. Um, basically, I just had a friend of mine. It was a friend of a friend. Uh, there was a, a really accomplished drum and bass producer uh, named Sean Morris. And uh, 
he, he was from the UK and he was in New York and he was like, you know, and, and I've always had that side of me that, that liked stuff like uh, Uncle or DJ Shadow. And like, I liked a lot of down-tempo electronica and industrial, obviously, and goth, stuff like that. And um, so he and I were, were, were just tinkering about. And, and so when Trashlight Vision came to an end, um, it just seemed like, well, let me put this out there. And then uh, the guitar player that played on it was my friend Andy. Um, and he was so good that I was like, well, I got a guitar player now. So I might as well, you know, do a couple shows, you know? So it, it wasn't like an intentional, like planning of the flag. Like this is my new project. It was more like, well, let's float this out there and see what happens. You know, there's some good stuff on that record. There's some stuff on it. I don't like, but, uh, but yeah, she brings down the moon is really good. Thank it's you. a really good song. And I thought you were very brave of that album as well, because you covered a song that it's generally known. People shouldn't cover this song. It's, 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 it's a sacred song in the world of rock like in, in your cover of she sells sanctuary i say you can't say that bloody name she sells sanctuary there we go but it's so good it's a really good cover of it and it's yeah but fair play you i always felt you were really brave for doing that thank you i don't know it's it's funny i i, I was just reading um a, a review of a dark party show and uh from a long time ago and um obviously and and the the person doing the review said the same thing so that was really nice you know but i think that the, the best compliment though had to be i i i met i've met ian asbury a couple times over the years and one night uh i was reintroduced to him he hadn't remember we'd met before which is totally okay but I, I was reintroduced and i was just like dressed normal and my friend's like oh this is this is my friend ac and he comes out and he looks up at me He's a little short. Uh, he looks up. And, Whoa, dude, you look like a vampire. And I, I was like, I was like, dude, that Ian Asbury just told me I look like a vampire. And I'm not even dressed up right now. I'm like, that is the best compliment I can take to my grave. <laughs> That's amazing. So obviously you've done a bunch of touring with bands as well. You know, not just like the bands you've done, like we mentioned earlier. Tom mentioned Amen and stuff like that. But obviously you joined back with Wednesday for a tour as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on his uh, Skeletor tour. Mm -hmm. Which is such a good album as well. Fair play. Yeah, it is. It's a cracking album. That must have been so much fun to like a little mini reunion sort of, because wasn't Eric on that tour as well? No, no. It was, was that the other tour? Jason Trioxin, Nate Manor, and uh, Johnny Chops. Ah, because I know Eric rejoined him for a tour as well. I wasn't sure if it was the same one. That was right before. Mm -hmm. uh, do you uh, do you miss gigs, shows, playing at the moment live? So bad. I bet so it's killing bad. you, isn't it? Yeah. Not that I meant to bring it. I'm so sorry to bring it up. You know, I do you remember when you used to do that thing you love doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we're starting to get the whispers of things happening for for the end of summer and fall. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that that that's gonna happen you know everything is crossed you man everything yeah i'm so i'm i'm, I'm and and even now it's like there's talks of stuff for 2022 and it's like you got you fucking kidding me <laughs> 2021 you know well you know. at least a bit proactive i guess what was that 
At least they're being proactive, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But obviously, as well, Torin is reunited with Dope when he did the reunion tours with that along with Static X. How, how was that? That must have been really good fun to get back with that like first band you made it with. Oh, that was cool. That was that was that was really fun. Um, you know, the first thing we did was we went to to I think the first thing we did was was going to Russia, which oddly I'd never played Russia before. Um, which was amazing. I'm I'm not exactly sure why, but uh it was one of those things where somehow or another dope has a pretty big following in Russia that we kind of never knew about. And they're young and it was crazy. Like we showed up at this show and there's all these young kids waiting outside and we're like, well, what band are they waiting for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're a bunch of, a bunch of old guys here, you know, and uh, they were there for us. And, and so that was awesome. It was great to have that experience going over to Russia and the Ukraine. And, and then, uh, yeah, it, it was cool. Very cool. What's Russia like? Cause obviously they're a very private country. Yeah, I, I love it there. I I love it, love it, love it. You know, it's uh, they are private, but I feel like I don't know. They're they're yeah. I guess I guess they're also kind of mysterious in, in that you know they're they're very big on on arts. From what I can tell, this is just my my observation. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it seems like they're very big on the arts. Yet at the same time, it's like they're they're not really big on people walking around looking weird like we do. Um, and I find that kind of interesting, uh, but the fans are great. Um, it doesn't seem like they, they and, and this is similar, the, the UK is this way a little bit too. It's more in America where you find that there's a, 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 an age bracket for music. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, like kids that are in their twenties probably don't listen to Dope or the Murder Dolls. Some do, you know? Whereas I feel, feel like in other countries, people are like, well, what's it matter? when it came out or, or how old the players are or anything like that. Other places are a bit more, you listen to it and you like it. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of always felt that way that like, you know, if, if it's got a loud guitar in it and it's got some, you know, piss and vinegar in it, it doesn't matter what year it came out. You know? That's so true though. I've never thought That's of it right. that way, actually. Yeah. Looks like most of the bands I listened to are from way before my years. <laughs> I, I get, I get that completely. But good music is good music at the end of the day, regardless of when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I remember the, the first time going to download, and this is like a good example. Like you'd see kids with 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 a, a, a jacket with patches on it, and they would have Green Day and Slipknot and Slayer. And like in the States, it's like, no, like you only like thrash metal. And if you only like thrash metal, you probably don't like, like Slipknot because they're way too popular, you know, and dumb shit like that. You know? <laughs> I think it's changing a bit, you know. I've never got that mentality, but it is over here as well. I've known plenty of people like that, but I've never oh, got it. Yeah, that's yeah, it's crazy because yeah, it's, I never, I never really think like you know someone loves Green Day. It's like, well, you obviously love Green Day, you obviously love Blink One Eight Two, but you can't like Slipknot and you can't like Slayer and you can't like Corn because right. you, you know you like punk. You're obviously yeah, that, that's my because I listen to metal, rock, that's the country. <laughs> which is like the complete other fucking end of the scale. And I like some dance music as well. What's going on? What's the matter with me? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but the main big touring gig yours, we touched on it earlier. Is it's, I remember when I saw this on your social media because I was so fucking happy for you because it's such a big deal. 
is, you know, you got to play with Jonah Jett, which is just awesome. Yeah. But how did that come about? You know, honestly, I, I would say for 90% of the stuff that, that, that I do or that I've done, um, I, I feel like, like I, I never like when people say that, that I'm lucky um, because I feel like I've created a lot of my opportunities and I've worked really, like with, lucky is walking down the street and finding a $20 bill, right? I didn't, that didn't happen to like, like that's not the way that it is. I mean, the sacrifices that I've had to make to, 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 to do the things that I've done are, are, are pretty great. So I don't like that word lucky. However, with Joan, it was um, one of those things where the drummer's wife um, knew that they were looking for a bass player. I wasn't trying to get in the Black Hearts. I wasn't trying to do, I wasn't trying to get in the band or anything like that. I just got a random phone call from her saying, hey, learn three or four songs. If you nail it by Wednesday, you're going to Australia with, with Joan next week. So that really fell out of the sky into my lap. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I was expecting to be a case of, oh, they were touring. I thought, you know, I've got nothing else on. Let, let, let's audition. But no, just want to go on tour. Okay, sorted. <laughs> that, that was, I was very lucky for that. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing too is that, is that when you're as big as Joan, like Joan, Joan doesn't give a fuck about dope and the murder dolls. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like when you're that big, like you're standing shoulder to shoulder with maybe not the Rolling Stones, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with the biggest names in rock music. Oh yeah. And so all those bands that I played in, that didn't mean anything to them. They were like, so what's that got to do with it? Like, unless your last name is Grohl, it doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> were you a big fan of like the Black Arts, Jonah Jack growing up? Or? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I figured, I figured, cause it's that punky sound what you seem to clearly be into. That's so what I was saying, I was like, this must just be incredible for him. Cause like yeah. you're saying, she's gotta be the biggest female name in rock, surely. Sure, yeah. I struggle and to think of another one. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because people say, say to Joan, like, you know, aren't you proud of everything you've done for women in rock music? And, and Joan sometimes will, will dead, deadpan that and say, like, you know, but what have I done? Because if I'm still the biggest, what, what, what's really changed, you know? And she's, she's, she's right about that in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, I've never thought of that. That's very true. Also, also you, you touched on Madison Square Garden as well. That you know, that is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, you've played so many massive. Can you remember the first time you walked out to a big fucking crowd? <laughs> yeah, that was probably with. Um, first one that comes to mind is, is is with Dope. We played this festival, uh, and it was a, a small arena. You know, so it was like. I don't even know what this arena was used for. Cause it was like, when I say it was a small arena, it was clearly used for hockey or basketball or something like that. Uh, but it capacity was probably like 8,000, you know? And so it was, but, but it was like this indoor music festival on the uh, Fear Factory Static X tour that we did. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the first one I remember. And the thing that, that I remembered 
being really weird is that how disconnected from the audience you really are. You know what I mean? Like now all of a sudden, at that point, every show I played, people could stage dive, people could jump off, you know, people were right in your face. If you played a bad note, you know, that hundred people that's standing right there all heard it, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's why those shows are so important. That's how you cut your teeth. That's how you, you get your gumption, you know? Um, and I remember doing that show and being like, yeah, I, I almost felt like they, they, did they really hear the show? Like, like it just, the, 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 the interaction between the crowd was, was more disconnected than I was used to. So yeah, that was kind of weird. Was it, did you, did you sort of have that feeling as like, are all these people here to hear me and my band? That's really fucking crazy. Was it well, like a nervous I mean, we, we, we were first on the bill, uh, first or second on the bill. So I was still pretty aware that like, they're, well, they're not here to see me. And even with Joan, <laughs> it's like, you know, playing with Joan, they're not there to see me. They're there to see Joan, you know? So, and there's, you know, it, it takes the pressure off of you a little bit, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, imagine that does, if you keep yourself leveled, you know, it does take the nerves off. The sure. And the thing pressure. is, you got to remember is that like when, when I'm a, a side guy, my job is to create something for whoever the, the primary members of the band are so that they feel comfortable enough that they can cut loose. So I kind of can't afford to make it about me and I can't really afford to get like amped up in that way. Like mm. I, I, I got to look at it more like, okay, am I hearing the drummer? Is everything cool? Like I, I really have to, to think of it as, as, as uh, almost like directing a play or something. I don't know. Like, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I have to be a foundation for others so that they can really get off. If that makes any sense. That's really cool. That's a really cool way of looking at it. I like that. So what other music projects are you working on at the minute or have you got coming up, I should say? Dude, I'm working on a million that I can't talk about and it's driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> oh, that's no fun. <laughs> Drive me insane. We deserve an exclusive. I'm joking. <laughs> can't talk about any of them. God damn it. That's fair enough, dude. Okay, we'll not do this instead. Until, not until shows are, are start being announced. So I'm working on a ton of stuff. It's so frustrating because it's like everybody has different uh, strategies right now for music. And, you know, so for example, Dope, the strategy that, that Dope has is to take off, take off all of 2021, right? Let everybody else go out, let the crowds, like even, even if everybody comes rushing back in, that's not an accurate representation of things returning to normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Like that, that a spike and uh you know the, the type of music that we all love is is kind of an underground thing and so the concern that some people have with some of these bands is that it's like okay well if you're local where, where are you guys based out of where what, what town are you guys in i'm in birmingham england i'm okay. in i'm in cardiff wales oh okay okay so i mean i'm trying to think like you guys know nottingham rock city yes. yeah yeah Okay, so, so like, if Nottingham Rock City usually has two or three metal shows a week, which is a lot, well, once everything returns to normal, they're going to have like six a week. Yeah. And now that means everybody's got to decide, like, well, what am I going to do with my money? Am I going to, which shows am I going to see? So 
if your band can normally bring in a thousand people, maybe now all of a sudden you're bringing in 500, which means next year or two years from now when everything returns to normal, Nottingham Rock City, bad example, because I don't know this about them, they're awesome dudes, but the, the, the venue can go, well, you guys used to bring a thousand people, but last time you are here, you only bought five, brought 500. So now we got to pay, now we're going to pay less. So that's one theory that people have is that you can kind of, you know, our, our music, some of these bands might kind of cannibalize each other mm. uh, by, by going out too soon, if that makes any sense. And then other people are like, are like, let's be the first ones out of the gate. Let's, let's, let's be the first ones to, to really go for it. And uh, unfortunately, until, uh, until, until we know exactly what's going on, can't really talk about anything. No, that's, that's fair enough, dude. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a, a quick left turn. Why, so obviously you've got your own coffee company, as we mentioned right at the beginning of the episode of the show. Why did you call it Catfight, just out of curiosity? I wish I had like a, a really good reason for it, but basically <laughs> my, my wife and I were, were driving down the road and I was trying to, we were trying to come up with, with a name and there, it was everything, like I was thinking about song titles, like, I don't know, I was like, you know, should we call it like, you know, uh, you know, Outcome the Wolves Coffee or should we call it Teenagers from Mars Coffee or like, and my wife's like, yeah, but those, that, that, but then you're, no, like, like, and just none of it seemed right. My wife just broke it down. She's like, all right, let's just think of words. She's like, what animals do you like? And I'm like, well, snakes, dragons, bats, you know, cats, you know? And then it was like, well, like, but then, all right, do we want it to sound aggressive? Yeah, cat, cat fight, cat fight. And we're, we're both cat lovers. Uh, and, and so it can be a very playful name. It can be kind of an aggressive name. It can be kind of serious or fun. I've had people think it's a band name. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's how it came out, you know? Beautiful. That's awesome. So when, as we're talking about the coffee, where, where did this idea come from? Where, what made you go, I'm going to make coffee? Well, um, when I was touring with Joan, uh, do you guys have that the, the 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 app Yelp over there in the UK? We don't, but we know of it thanks to Sidefuck. So, so Yelp is how is an app that you use to find coffee places or restaurants close by. They do delivery, and you can leave reviews, etc. And when I started playing with Joan, I was uh, playing a lot of uh, B markets, um, you know, and and I didn't really know the places and. So I would go on Yelp and, and I came to find that the places that had the good coffee shops had like the good record stores, had the good, you know, vintage clothing stores, uh, like all the culture that, that we love is oftentimes where the good coffee shops are. And so I started uh, this anonymous Yelp account where I was like reviewing these coffee shops and um, that got into me reviewing coffee on my own and it just it just steamrolled from there and you know came to realize that people can't digitally download a cup of coffee yet so <laughs> company, you know it's much like a 3d printer that'd be so weird wouldn't it hey man never say never you, you never nothing nothing is uh is uh i guess you know everything has a weakness everything is susceptible to to some sort of a problem. I mean, one of the problems that, that we could face in the coffee industry 
could be uh, global warming, climate change. I was just visiting plantations in Mexico where they're experiencing some difficulties in the harvest this past year due to climate change, which means that that price is gonna go up. And unfortunately they might have to raise the price and the quality might not even be quite as good as it was the year before, which really sucks. So now it's more expensive and not quite as good. And uh, yeah, so everything has its challenges, you know, but yeah, coffee is certainly an easier sell than music, you know. <laughs> is it available in the UK? What's that? Is it available in the UK? It will be soon. Uh, we just worked out a distribution deal. We do ship to the UK, but everybody, everybody always screams about the shipping rates. That's not us. That's we only charge with USPS or UPS charges. We, we don't pr make any profit off of that. Um, but we will have a UK distribution very, very soon. Amazing. Yeah, the, the, inks, the inks dried. So they're setting up the shop right now. I'd say probably next two months, I hope. Oh, sweet. Oh, awesome. So yeah. how does it work? Is it like you're buying straight from the coffee plants or is it? When I can. Yeah, yeah when I'm I can, trying to figure out to word this. I don't know coffee very much. Sure, well. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's hard to know, to know what question to ask when you don't know the process, right? No. So. Um, so basically, we work with a, a, a green coffee distributor. When coffee is in its uh, purest form, it's actually more like a cherry. You know, it's, a, it's actually a fruit. And um, so it's, it's in this red cherry. It gets picked and then it gets processed. And what the process is, is removing the skin, the mucilage, all that stuff. And you're left with the stone, which is the green coffee bean. So the green coffee beans are then uh, shipped all over the world. And I meet with the distributor. He tells me what his offerings are. And then we take it to a roaster and we start to do sample roastings to decide if like a light, medium or dark roast is going to work with that coffee in particular. And then we start roasting and putting it into bags and out the door it goes. That's the, the simple version. <laughs> I imagine those first like original sample of sessions, you must be caffeined off your tits <laughs> awake for a week. <laughs> first time I went uh, and met with people, I, I, I met with two different uh, roasters in one day. And dude, I swear I was hallucinating. We, we went to go get gas <laughs> and I pulled up to the gas station and they, they do this thing here where, where some places they have to pump it for you. Hmm. And, and what they do is when you give them your credit card, they ask for your zip code to verify that it's the right code. Dude, I was so high from caffeine that the, that the guy comes around and, and he's like, okay, what's your zip code? I'm like, I, I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then my, my, my partners that were with me, we all just started laughing so hard that we just could, I'm just like, just give me my card back. I'm just going to another gas station. I'm, just, I'm leaving. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is incredible. I love that I threw that joke out there and it ended up giving me like the best story ever. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. But it this has been so cool for me. Like I've got so many fucking memories of you from like when I was like 16. Like I rem I remember seeing a video of you playing with a Jack Skeleton doll in a phone booth in London, like back oh, yeah. in the day. You know, that seeing you live and seeing you naked on stage with Ben drumming on your arse cheeks and shit like it. 
I knock us at the start of the show with Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Love his face. You know, this the, honestly, this means so much for me for you coming on and doing this for us. It's oh, so cool. Of course, you know, it's it it, it was such a, it was the, the best time of my life too. So, you know, hopefully the the, the book that I'm working on, uh, I have a very clear vision of it, of, of what I want it to do, and what I want it to do is I want. And, and like you said, it's like the whole thing went away really quickly. And I want people to get that book and it kind of verify to them that that moment in time was real. It did exist. And everything that you thought that that band was about and everything that you thought we did was not only true, but probably even more so. And it meant as much to us as hopefully it did to, to the fans and to, to everybody else. Because like I said, you know, we we didn't go into that thinking that the thing was going to take off that's that's the the whole i mean the other bands hated us i mean there's so there's so much for us you know i'll tell you why because i think that we weren't a new metal band and we were billed with a lot of new metal bands because of joey and i's uh resumes and if you're a band like let's just use the Deftones for example, and you're on your third or fourth record, you're kind of in a routine, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, right, okay, we can just put our records out, we can do our thing, and we're the cool kids. And now all of a sudden, there's a new cool kid, and the music's totally different, and visually, it's a whole different thing. Well, you're seen as as, as threatening, you know, and uh, and so I think a, a lot of the bands that that Joey and I were, uh, you know, kind of around and the bands that we were touring with were like well hold on a second now all the kids are lining up to buy their t-shirt they're not buying our t-shirt now what does that mean about us so yeah there's there, there's it, it was it was i mean it was an awesome time but i mean it it was there there was nothing like us then you know that's for sure yeah. I find that strange, though, in the sense that, you know, it's not your fault that you happen to just blow up and be this absolutely, you know, massive band all of a sudden. And they're obviously be feeling threatened by you. It's like, well, we're here. We didn't realize we're going to be here, but we are. So <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like Papa Roach were great to us. They, they were super, super cool. Nothing but love for those guys, man. They, 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 they were great. And you're right. They were a bit more like, cool. And, and to their credit, I mean, God, talk about a band that has just kept going and never stops and is just yeah. so consistent. I remember I, I saw them, you know, you know, I they, they were just kind of off my radar for a couple of years and I saw them at a festival a couple couple of years ago. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go watch the, watch their set. I, want, I wonder how they'll do. Dude, that is not a band that you want to go on after because they've just continued to put like these, obviously they haven't had anything as big as Last Resort, excuse me. But they've still had a lot of big songs. Yeah. When you have a catalog as as rich as theirs and as thick as theirs and as consistent as theirs, you could just pick bangers out and do like a, they can just do a 40 minute set of nothing but bangers and poof, they don't leave much meat on the bone, you know? <laughs> they are yeah. Awesome. So, you know, right. lots of Tom, have you got any more questions before we uh, wrap this up? One more. As AC man, did you ever think that life would go the way it has? Did you ever think you'd be where you are today? No, no, never, never at all. Um, 
you know, when, when I, I was pretty ambitious when I started playing music. Like I, I thought, all right, I want to be at least as big as, I was always kind of paying ten, attention to the business side of things. Mm. And I was always like, if I can at least get to the, the position of one of these bands that puts out like one or two records and then goes away, because that, that unfortunately is what happens sometimes. And if I could just tour the world once or tw- once, I'd, I'd be all right with that. You know what I mean? And, and to, to, to still be here doing it. And today, today's my, uh, my 23rd anniversary of, of being sober. So I've been sober this whole time. Massive congratulations. Incredible. Yes, massive. Well I meant to say that at the start. Massive congratulations on that. Thank, thank you. And um, I never, you know, I, I, I thought I would have made more money, but <laughs> 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 All right, you know, that's okay. No, that's awesome. But before we get out of here, we like to play a little game of our guests. Don't worry, it's nothing too tedious. We, we okay. call it the quick fire round. We just fire some questions at you and you have to answer them as quick as you possibly can. Simple right. as that. You got it. Question number one. Favorite chocolate or candy? Nutella. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Favorite cartoon when you were growing up? Mm, Scooby Doo. Great answer again. Favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> First concert you ever went to? Iron Maiden and Twisted Sister. Oh, beautiful. Advice you would give to a younger version of yourself? Uh, wow. Uh, the advice I would give to a younger version of myself. Hang in there. It gets better. Because being oh, no. young sucks. <laughs> and last it but not least. Sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, who would play you in the movie of your life? Well, are we talking about, like, like I mean, I always said I want like, Johnny Depp to play me, but that's a bit ambitious. Um, I, I, I would probably... You know, I get Kevin Bacon sometimes. I get uh, David Spade sometimes. Uh, so maybe, um, maybe, maybe one of those guys would be available. I'd, it'd probably have to be somebody who's kind of cheap, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just go with Depp. Why not? Hard Shoot for the stars. <laughs> somebody who has not worked for a long time. I gotta ask my friend who who who's an expert. We'd have to ask Wednesday because it'd have to be somebody who just does like B and C movies, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's definitely the man to ask about that. Yeah, but AC, this has been amazing, man. I like I said, I massively appreciate you doing this for us. Of course. And of um, course. yeah, you, again, yeah, sorry about the mix-up earlier at the time. <laughs> oh no, no, don't worry about it. I I I, I, I as soon as you said, it, I was like, yeah, of course, you know. So all good. And it's a man. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for taking your time out to come and, sit with and us. Let me, know, uh, let me know where it's posted and when it's posted so that I can repost and reshare and all that. Yeah. Uh, couple, appreciate it. couple of weeks on Wednesday. It's normally every Wednesday we release the show, so I think it's in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right, guys. Best Thanks. of luck. Thanks, man. Take care. Thank, Thank you very much, much, my friend. Have a great day. You too, you. buddy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there. I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for the Audio Drama Feed. Featuring such audio dramas as Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars, Val Toby, and so much more. You can find all of these wonderful programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can go to our website at www.audiodramafeed.com. 
we are thrilled to be affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie.